Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back. Welcome to the show. It's Wednesday afternoon. It's my 30th birthday today. What? We're talking about prisoners. I can't wait. Did you guys know that I love you, Jackman? I love you, Jackman! We'll see you guys in just one second. <laughs> Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Did you just been <laughs> bumping this all day for your birthday? All day, yeah. The grocery store woke up to it. My birthday went into the grocery store. I demanded they put it on. <laughs> they didn't turn it on. They didn't turn it on. I was upset. I was upset. <laughs> Very upset. It's been a rough birthday. Wasn't a ha- great way to start. <laughs> happiest of happy of birthdays to Thank you. you, my brother, my best friend, my partner in crime for yeah. years. The other half action army, and damn, we're getting old. We're getting old. I got a three-year memory from your cruise party today that popped up on my Facebook. Yes. I couldn't believe that was already three years ago. Yes, three years. Wild stuff. Wild stuff. Yeah. Uh, just to get it out of the way, everybody knows, uh, last week we competed on the Movie Trivia Schmodown we live. Did. It was a live event. It was insane. There was 300-plus people there. It was Oh my god, there was costumes, there was lights, there were yeah. signs, there was there was everything. It was insanity. It was it was really one of the coolest experiences of my adult life. Uh, we had an absolute amazing time, uh, and the results will all be posted live on Friday, right? Yeah, yeah, Friday. It was a, uh, man, I, it was like, you felt super badass, but it was also incredibly humbling to have that oh, yeah. many people there from all over. And it was like a whole operation. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's like we're, the green room's downstairs, yeah. and like you're, you know, you're getting ready to go up there, and it's... Uh, you know, just before we just before we went out on stage to like do our it's a live promo, we get mm-hmm. to do a live promo. Yeah. Uh, truthfully, guys, I my hands start shaking. I was like, "What? That's yeah, a little nervous. So weird." Yeah. I was like, "I'm not used to I'm not used to feeling like nervous in front of a live crowd." And uh, that was that was crazy. So I was like, "Wow, this is we're really in this." Yeah, it was the energy, the build up because they had the the match the before us, the Star Wars match, and you and I got there it's just posted. <clears> yeah, we got session. there at four p.m. and we didn't actually go on stage till around eight, and so yeah. it was just like. Getting ready, listening to the crowd, seeing everyone file in. It was, it was awesome. Yes. So yeah. to not run the risk of giving anything away, because I nope. guarantee, I feel like we're going to if we keep talking about yeah, it. We probably will. I'm just gonna move on from that <laughs> one. Uh, so check out on Friday when that posts. Um, but today we're talking about prisoners. This is action movie anatomy. It's, it's Wednesday. We're talking about. Uh, it's not really an action movie. I was like driving here today, and I was like, this is just. This is a hundred percent not fit for the show, but it's your birthday and you love this movie so much. I was like, it's perfect. It makes sense. Yeah, this uh, this movie is um, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Uh, who's one of the? We'll kind of talk about him a little bit in a, in a second here. We actually just talked about him a few weeks ago for Sicario. But uh, despite the fact that it's not really an action movie, we cover action movies on this show. Those mm-hmm. action movies adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one: the hero always plays by their own rules. Now, I would say. Is the hero, is the hero Keller or is the hero lo- hero Loki? <clears throat> I mean, I think they're both the hero, and don't they really kind of both play by their own rules? Because they yeah. both are like breaking the law yeah. religiously throughout the movie. Yeah, for sure. So they definitely both play by their own rules. Yeah, and they're both. I mean, and it's one of those situations. I think the true hero of the movie is actually Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Loki for yeah, sure. Yeah. Rule number two: the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs would have you in the room. And I think, in reality. The only person who feels like the smartest person in the room is Melissa Lee. hundred percent. Right? Yeah, she is. She's and fooling everybody. Yeah, I don't... You don't know me, Mr. Keller, but I... What does she say? But I am never going to let you yeah, go. Yeah, but or I'm something. not going to let yeah. you go. She <laughs> like, is so creepy. Yeah, that scene... Honestly, that scene at the end of the movie is one of the most frustrating scenes to watch. Because, like... She's got the gun on him, and he's... It's drunk. just... It, because it's so real. 
You oh, know? And she said, and we'll talk about yeah, all we'll get, Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure, or mercenary, what have you. Uh, that Definitely not. He's, uh, Keller is, what does he even do for a living? Yeah, I mean, he's like a contractor. He's a contractor, Yeah, right? yeah, and then, um, I mean, Gyllenhaal is clearly a, a, a cop, if we're going to do that. But, so yeah, uh, I guess this, yeah, he's police. Mm-hmm. And uh, four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Um, there are no explosions in this There movie. are no explosions. There are explosions of emotion. Yes, there are. Shout out to Marina Verano. Yeah, huge uh, explosions of emotion. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yes, that's uh, that's the rules of Action Movie Anatomy. We're here on the Popcorn Talk Network. You now. know what? There are explosions. Every time Hugh Jackman yells, there's oh. a literal explosion. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, he is six foot four, and I yeah. think his rage in this movie is beyond anything I've ever seen. Even even beyond Wolverine, because it's so much more believable. Well, and the fact that it's... Okay, they have this thing uh, that I've referred to since I was a young man. It's called yeah. uh, scary old man strength. There's this thing how, like, like older men, you know, like, every yeah. dude in their 40s or 50s when you're a younger kid, like, could probably destroy you. Oh, just because yeah. they've just had, a, like, yeah. 50 years of getting stronger. The fact that Hugh Jackman has been Wolverine. Yeah. And you know how shredded he can be. Oh, my God. And he's that, like, angry in scenes. When he's, I mean, first of all, obviously his anger when he's, like, with the hammer. But even just the scene in the car oh. when he's, like... Why don't you go out there? I find my daughter. Oh, she's my smashing the dashboard. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I was like worried the airbag was going to go off. I was <laughs> just like Hugh Jackman passed away today. Um, just like all of those scenes are insane. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's totally crazy. But um, uh, we cover action movies on the show. This is the Popcorn Talk Network. I was saying the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie related, and doing pop culture by the bucketful. And you guys can follow along with any of the conversations that we are having. If you'd like to wish me a more personal happy birthday, do it in the live chat. Or you can also find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, you can follow Andrew. Yeah, you guys can slide in his DMs for his birthday. <laughs> Send him some pictures if you'd like. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Guy. And you can find our Facebook group, the Facebook fan page. There's the Action Movie Anatomy fan page. And there's the Team Action Army fan page. It's called the Action Army fan page. First one is for this show. The second one is more for our personas in the Schmodown. Uh, although it does cover this show a little bit. And uh, we've also got a Patreon. Yes, we do. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Team Action. You guys get an extra video every single week, about 10 minutes of Andrew and I just you know, being ourselves, hanging out with Nick Cage and uh, talking about all things in the movie world. We do like little mini AMAs. We do top five lists that you guys actually get to submit, so mm-hmm. we critique those. Uh, and a big shout out to, uh, well, Helene Conestad, who is a belated happy birthday. Yeah, it was a couple days ago. Happy birthday, Helene or Helena or... It's always sad once we get on air because we never really know how to say anyone's name. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's Helena. And a big shout out to Sean Mason. Sean Mason. To both of you, we salute you. Thank you guys so much for your support and happiest of birthdays. Yeah, so coming up on the show today, we have a couple really exciting things. One of them, and this is inspired by Jackman. Yes, it is. Andrew and I are going to count down our top ten figures of AMA. We, uh, we realized that Jackman has probably slid into our all-time top ten. This includes actors, actresses, and directors. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna, we have a whole pool. We're going we're gonna to make a collective top ten and whittle the list down on the air. Uh, that's coming up later today. We'll be doing some AMA questions, all the fist pumps and things like that that you guys are used to. But in the meantime, let's watch the trailer for Prisoners. Yeah. Maybe we, we'll do our best Jackman impersonations. No! Happy Can I take Joy to our house? Wear hat, please. This first scene is is, is so great, too, because it literally is just like, we'll be right back, or we're going to go play, and that's how it is in real life. Where are your sisters? I can't find them. Such a great movie. Yeah. Hey, Marissa. I checked the entire house. They're not here. Any chance we could just turn on the AC? I'm getting a little warm in here. They weren't outside. Just Just asking for Andrew. It's his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. 
that there was this RV and they were playing on it. There was, then we thought there was someone inside. You wait here. Let me go. I couldn't find them. 911. Detective Loki. Do you have children? Who do you like better? I don't know. I'm I actually think I probably daughters. like Loki more. Me too. Because Jacqueline's just at like a 10, the whole time, yeah. which I get. This quietly might be Joe and Hall's best performance. Might even be better than Nightcrawler. I know, I need to, I need to watch Nocturnal and I need anything. to watch Nightcrawler again. And that boy has never been in trouble a day in his life. Day in his life. They're letting him go. What? The police said they're letting him go today. Why aren't you sending someone out to go arrest this guy? Well, he has the IQ of a 10-year-old. There's no way he could abduct two girls and then make them disappear. Maybe he wasn't on his own. We're considering all possibilities. I don't think you are considering all possibilities. Just let me do my job. What is it about this movie that's so compelling? I've seen this movie four times now, and I find like I find it to be more watchable and compelling than almost any movie I can think of. Did you say he was with anybody? Well, we found something. I think what's super interesting is that every single storyline is directly attached. It all stays very tight instead of like. A tangential, you know yeah. what I mean? Like even the old guy and the weird creepy dude and the maze Someone and all that—it all ties together. What they're gonna yeah. die? What a Five crazy days insane cast too. You don't even know that it's him. He left him with someone, and he knows where this guy is. Why aren't you telling me? This ain't right. Why? This guy's a fake. The girls are still out there. Good trailer. Yeah, it's a great trailer. And. Okay, and the other thing that I think about it that's so compelling is that they actually don't tell you or show you who the actual villain is for so long. Right. And I know that seems so simple, but I think so many movies, the director or the writer, like they want to get their rocks off early to be like, this is the bad guy and you're going to see what he does, or they just never show you. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas in this one, you know, you and I talked a little bit yesterday, it's like, there's no way it wasn't Paul Dano. When right. you watched it the first time, right? Totally. It was just, there was no way. And, and like, even though Melissa Leo was kind of weird and kind of creepy, yeah. she also just did seem like a weird aunt. She's also, at this point in her career, Melissa Leo, she's, this is like, <clears throat> well, actually, no, that's not really true. She's, she's, this is the heart of Melissa Leo. This is, this is when she was like, this is when she was like coming up. People were like, oh, she's, she's a heavy hitter. She's she, a heavy hitter, yeah. This is 2013. She won the Oscar in 2010. So she. For what? For uh, the fighter. She's right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, and I think. In this one, it's it's they do such a good job of casting her because it's like she could just be a normal person, yeah. As and like Melissa Leo being in the movie because it's so high profile, yeah. And, it, and you wouldn't even think twice about it, right? But then making her the actual killer is like holy shit. The cast is insane. It's it, honestly yes. like looking through it, it's like so many Oscar nominees in this movie. Yeah, and Dano is. I mean, this is might be his best. performance. I think it's his best performance. Like I love There Will Be Blood. I think he does a really good job yeah. in that movie. Um, but this movie, he's so creepy, so creepy. so weird, and like the 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 choice that him and Denny came to of just like almost everything you say is like the last ounce of breath you have in your body. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? He's like huh. he's whispering. Like everything is like a whimper. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he's a, he's a, such a weird character, but. Uh, well, great trailer, I, yeah, great trailer. Um, so, guys, that's gonna that's gonna be the first bit of the show here. We are uh, we're done for the day. Thank you for yeah, coming. thank you thank guys you. for coming. Happy birthday, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there actually is one more thing I wanted to shout out really quickly. Yeah, uh, Daniel Sala. He yes. went and made all that really awesome fan, art, fan art for art. us. And uh, if you guys go to the Action Movie Anatomy fan page, it's on there. 
Uh, there's some really cool stuff. They made the individual stuff for us, stuff for the show. It's just super cool. So thank you so much, Daniel, for yeah, taking time to do that. Thanks, man. I posted uh, one of the one of the ones you did, the boss ones, with like all the cool yeah. like galactic looking stuff. I posted that on my Instagram yesterday. I thought that was really really cool. So always really exciting uh, when any of you guys uh, take the time to actually give us something like that. It's amazing. Yeah, so. It's- mind-blowing yeah daniel thank you so much so uh we are gonna get in the first part of the show this is thesis statement now Mm -hmm. if you've never watched or listened before this is the part of the show where we talk about this is your strongest argument about this movie if the movie comes up what you say is this x y or z about this movie is my strongest opinion right should almost be like rooted in hyperbole the best this the only this the greatest this um shouldn't just be like this is my favorite melissa leo performance or one of you know Mm -hmm. it should never be that loose so um i had a couple so the first one well, I wonder what yours is going to be. But, but, so the first one I was going to say, and this is one that I've been saying now for a little while, but this feels like the wrong movie to use it for. And I've been saying this now, is that Hugh Jackman is the greatest living entertainer. I've, been, <laughs> I've now been saying this for a little while, but I don't think it's correct in this movie because he's he is entertaining in this movie, but it's not... I, I would say that for like the greatest showman. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I understand what you're saying. And it doesn't quite fit the bill for this movie because he, I don't think he is actually the most entertaining part. No, and also at this point in his career, 2013, he wasn't to me that yet. No. Because he was not. His last four years have like really been what's blown my mind. Uh, What I think I will say about this movie is that this is the most underrated group of performances in a movie in the 2010s. That is my, that is my thesis. It is what? One more time? The most underrated group of dramatic performances made in the 2010s. Yeah. Because I just think when you watch this movie, it has one Oscar nom, and it's Roger Deakins. Nothing else about this movie got nominated for anything. I know. How is it possible? Yeah, that was <clears throat> that's interesting. That was actually going to be my like uh, original thesis that this is like the like one of the most underappreciated movies ever. Um, and I think to hop on that, I'm going to just say that I believe in my life after watching this movie. Not only is this whole cast worthy of winning Academy Awards, like not just for this movie, but I think every single one of these people, Jackman, um, <clears throat> Dano, Bello, yeah, uh, it's Jill. hard to say all these names, Hall and uh, uh, Melissa Leo, I don't know about Terrence Howard, but those, because he's like, I mean, he is definitely a main character, but, yeah. but those guys all to me seem like people that could win Oscars in their lives, but my actual thesis is that Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal will win Oscars before they retire. 100%. And and they have to. They have each of them. Do you know how many nominations between the two of them they have? Like four? Two? I was going to say, it's got to be like, you got you got Jean Valjean, right? That's the only one for Jackman. And then Gyllenhaal has got to be Nightcrawler, right? Brokeback. He didn't oh, get one it's Brokeback, for, right, right. Didn't even get one for Nightcrawler. Yeah. It's one of the great snubs. <clears throat> the, the fact that these two guys between the two, two nominations is insane. Yeah. I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a, a duo living today that is more underappreciated than that. No, I mean it would have been before it would have been like Leo and Cruz maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but, but they've he, never worked together. Yeah, but they had like so many between the two. Yeah. I just I you like and I get it. Like J, like the Jackman has a series of bad role choices. Like he didn't take sure. that many good roles the first half of his career. He didn't start really getting good ones until he was like 50 or like late 40s. Mm-hmm. But Gyllenhaal's 38, and his last five, six years have been very impressive. I, I don't know, I feel like... Oh, yeah. I think both of them have gotten snubbed quite a bit, and I still believe that Jackman should have gotten a nod for Logan. I think that he was incredible in prestige. I don't know if he should have gotten a nod for it, but like, no, just Logan recognizing sure, that this dude is a, an incredible talent. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I truly believe that these two leading men will win Oscars in their lifetime, and I honestly hope, truly, that Dano wins a supporting one one day. Yeah, I don't think he'll win a lead, 
Yeah, I don't think so either. He's super character. I mean, if you look at this, so so like looking at the, the cast, right? So Jack Mandano, Hall Howard, Viola Davis, Melissa Leo, and Maria Bello. Uh, you've got, Jackman's got one nom, right? Mm-hmm. No win. Dano, I think, has no nominations, unless I'm wrong about that. Hall has the one supporting for Brokeback. Terrence Howard has the one lead nomination for Hustle and Flow. Yep. Right? Viola Davis is now a winner. Yep. She won for Fences, and prior to that, I think she had been nominated for Doubt. Uh, Melissa Leo... One for Fighter, one and for Fighter. She, got, she also got nominated for Winter's Bone, yeah. and she also got nominated for one other movie, I'm pretty certain. Pulling it up right now. We've got won an Oscar and nominated... Oh, no, no, no. She, so she won for uh, The Fighter, and she was nominated for Frozen River in 2008. Oh, she it was, was Frozen not, River, not Winter's yeah. Bone. Yeah, not Winter's Bone. Yeah, Frozen River. And so then, those are the two. And uh, Maria Bello has none. Um, but, like, just a massive heavy hitter cast. Like, yeah. so much talent. So much, like, commended talent. But, yeah, really, really crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah, so that's our, those are our thesis statements for the movie. Yeah, uh, let us know if you guys agree or if you guys have your own individual thesis statements. I'm trying to see if there's anything in here that's popping up. Someone wrote, this is the greatest ensemble of characters. Each actor to their role, each role to the story. All fit perfectly like a puzzle piece. I could not agree more. Uh, Hugh Jackman is the best angry actor ever. Ever. I mean, that's... <laughs> Can't can't deny that. <laughs> Who can argue with that? Although D Day Lou is pretty good at being angry. Um, he's pretty yeah, he's pretty good. It's a different type of angry. Different type of angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not I mean he's both scary. Jackman is like just something so like guttural. I don't yeah, know. Like D Day Lou is the type of person that would like get horrifying and then probably hire someone to kill you. Jackman would just kill you. He would just rip you apart with his hands. <laughs> Jackman, there's also like his um a lot of the scenes in this movie, his like combination of like rage and also like just he's so upset yeah like this oh my god that scene when he's sitting there and he's getting interviewed about the about the um the pictures the clothes and he Uh, puts his finger on the thing and he's like you let this happen he's like you wasted time (laughs) you wasted time following me you let this happen you're just like oh my god yeah like (laughs) well because you completely empathize with him throughout the entire movie you could you how could you possibly feel as a parent who lost their children, especially as a father, like you and me being men? Like, I mean, obviously, I know there's a maternal bond between uh, child and mother that no man will ever feel. But there's also the, the thing in, about being a man and, like, you know, the traditional family values of protecting your family and providing. And, like, she, right. you know, Maria Bello says it. Yeah. You made us feel so safe. Yeah. You were supposed to protect us from everything. Like, yeah. how would that feel as a man, as a husband, as a father? Like, I, I mean, I was going to save it for, but that's my favorite line. Is I, it? Well, I think it's the it's the oh, most gut wrench. It's the most emotive line in the whole movie because she says that to him, and she's not even looking at him. You, yeah, you told us you could protect us from anything, from everything. Yeah, and the way he reacts to it, uh, which I think I'll get to it because this is my, actually my fist pump moment. Fist pump moment, guys. If you're watching or listening for the first time, it's that moment in the movie something happens. You're kind of looking around. You're like, "Are you seeing this right now? This is unbelievable. Why am I watching this right now?" Uh, and you get so excited to watch the rest of the movie. Um, my fist pump moment is like. It's right after that moment. And there's a lot in this movie, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do a couple. But mm-hmm. he gets up after she says that. And you can see the look in his eyes. Like, he feels so helpless and out of control. And so angry. Like, he needs to do something. Yeah. And he walks over to his son. And he says to his son, like, I need you to stay here with your mother. I need you to be a man. Can you be a man for me? You can't give up your sister. We don't give up. Like, yeah. It's just like this weird scatterbrained, like, vomit of words. And, and But there's also, that one you're talking about is when he says, we don't give up on your sister. Yeah. Oh, that's a little bit later. Yeah, The yeah. first one is when he's like, 
He's like, I need you to be a man. You need to be a grown-up now. Take care of your mother. You need to act like a grown-up. And then he, like, hugs him, like, really I'm, intensely. Go, I'm going I'm to go, go help the police or something. Yeah. He, like, hugs him really intensely, and you're just, like, you put yourself in that kid's shoes for a second, and you can kind of, like, read the subtext of it. What he's kind of saying is, like, this is going to be a defining moment for you as a human. You're going to have to grow up really quickly right now. You need to be a man because there's too much pressure being put on my masculinity, my manhood to protect this family. And I've just been told by my wife that I can't protect you. Right. So you need to be here with her because I need to go do something beyond that. I need to earn. Yeah. And it's like there's this weird moment. And I think all these things that we're talking about, they capture so brilliantly without ever, ever talking about it. And it's like in that moment, you've got to know that, uh, oh, my God, I just lost it. No, what was it? It was that, uh... Like, he has to earn his respect as a man, is what you're saying? There's, like, a very, like... Ah, whatever, we'll just keep going. I'm gonna come back to it. I can't believe I just lost it. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, keep going. We'll keep going. And I think that's... That, I remember watching the last time, was my fist... Like, that moment gave me, like... Oh, goosebumps, and I teared up. Yeah, same. I got goosebumps, and I teared up, and and this was the reason why, is that you know as you get older, there's moments when you see your parents, and they're not superhumans anymore. Right. They're not... They're not superheroes. They're yeah. just people. Right. And in that moment, you see as the son and as the father and as the viewer, you're like, that is when you realize that your parent is just another person. Right. That fucks up in the world, that is inadequate, that doesn't know what they're doing, is like spiraling out of control, trying to make things work. And that moment when he's doing that to him and you're watching it, you're just kind of, yeah. You yeah. get chills. It hits you hard. Yeah, that scene That scene to me is, is the one that really stands out. I mean, there's a lot of fist pumps in this movie because like, there's the hammer scene. I mean, I don't know yeah. what your fist pump is. I mean, I think personally for me, my fist pump scene is the hammer scene. And, and the reason why is because uh, the more you, th- you like actually break down what Hugh does in this movie, it's not just coming and being angry yeah. on set. It's coming and being hopeless and then filling hopelessness with anger. Yeah. Because that's all he's doing in this entire yeah. movie. And he communicates it so well because he's just trying He's like, I'll beat it out of you. I'll torture you. I'll put you in this box. Is that what we do now? And then it's hot and cold only? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. You know? And then you can even see it. when he when In the hammer scene, what I love is, first of all, if you look at Terrence Howard's face the whole time, yeah. you wonder if he's acting or if he's just like, holy shit, man. Hugh Jackman <laughs> is horrifying. And then you look at Dano, and Dano's doing an incredible job of just, you know, being himself. But you look at Jackman, first of all, it looks like a real hammer. It might not be in the sink and all that. But he's holding his hand there, and, and in, in a normal, like, action movie or, like, a horror movie, he would just hit his hand. Yeah. Right? But he can't. He's just someone's dad. Yeah. That's why I love the scene so much, is because he's so helpless to actually torture this guy. Like, yeah. you can hit a guy a bunch of times, you know, right? And obviously, Dano is, like, beyond recognition after that. Yeah. But going and breaking someone's hand with a hammer is, like, a different level. Yeah. You know? And even in the beginning of the movie, it opening up with them hunting and, like, you know, saying a prayer before killing an animal is yeah. so much different than torturing a human being with a hammer. Like, I love that scene so much. Because what does he say? The, the hunting scene or the hammer scene? Uh, the hammer scene. Yeah. Well, also, like, <clears throat> he's doing it and you're like, there's no, there is no way to avoid the fact that if something was to go wrong in this moment while filming this, I don't know if that's real yeah. porcelain. Yep. I don't know if it's a sound effect in styrofoam. I don't know if that hammer is rubber or plastic. All these I don't things know, are going through my mind. I don't know what's going on there, but I know that if you're, if you slipped, if you had a hiccup, you could smash this actor's hand. If a piece of porcelain, if that's real porcelain, was to fly up, you could blind someone. Yeah. Like, and, and then going into the wall right next to his head when he's like giving up is just like, 
everything about that from an acting and a viewing standpoint just it just was like ugh. the intensity is insane it is insane yeah there's also something about the way this movie opens up that I think is so impressive which is that within 10 minutes the kids are gone yeah and within 10 minutes of that you have your suspect and the and the van you think that you've you're like we figured it out we've caught him yeah. right you're like okay he's, he was in the van this creepy guy it makes total sense where are the kids we're gonna find him of course we'll find him we found the guy we found the car and it's like but that's when 15 minutes later <laughs> when he's taken him captive you're like oh this movie just took a whole crazy a turn. weird weird turn and, and so like i was gonna ask you man and this is a weird thing dude, because yeah. <laughs> it could be incriminating would you do that would you do that if you were Jackman? If you knew, like, he knows that Dano had, took his daughter. Yeah. He knows it. He can just tell. Uh, I don't know, because, like, I mean, and that's, like, the questions that are obviously asked as you watch this movie is, yeah. as it goes, and you can see it, too, they they illustrate uh, his character so well through the eyes of, like, his loving wife, through the eyes of a, of a suspicious, but, like, detective who kind of understands it. You got Viola Davis and Terrence Howard. You get to see him through Melissa Leo's eyes, where she's like, "You, you poor sap. You were just almost smart enough. You got it, but not quite." And like, that's there's, I mean, that's the point. I think is kind of, I think the whole entire movie is supposed to be a dissection of Keller. Like, yeah, you're supposed to ask yourself, "Would I do what he's doing?" And which of these different people's viewpoints do I relate to most? I think after Dano says to me, they didn't cry until i left them yeah right i w- it would just be out the window for me he knows from the second that he starts torturing him yeah i may be dead or in prison but my daughter will be safe if i do this right i don't understand why daniel says that or how he says you know what i mean like he beats him almost within an inch of his life and he doesn't say a word but then that moment just seems a little it seems like very hollywood that he would say that are you talking like, about the maze line or are you talking about the, the only cry that <clears throat> i left them that one in the parking lot yeah well i think so I think when he says that line, it's supposed to mean one of two things, right? I think it's either supposed to mean that he just took the girls for a ride. Right. And that when he, when Melissa Leo taped their mouths, that's when they started crying. Yeah, because he, she does say that he just wanted to take them on a ride, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the one. And I think the other one might have been... Uh, the other one might have been like he was referring to his parents. Which one? I, I was just thinking the other meaning could have been like maybe his parents never cried, right? Maybe his parents never cried. I, I don't Gosh, know how he yeah. would know that they cried, but I, that was my other thought, was that maybe it had something to do with that. Yeah, I, 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 the first thing that you're saying there makes a lot more sense, because he, he, didn't, he didn't understand that he was kidnapping them. Yeah, right. He was just playing. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, it's hard to know, man. I mean, it's a very dark question to ask, but I, I think that's the point of the movie, Yeah, is you're supposed to ask that question. <laughs> well, we know what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, but uh, anyway, moving on, we are going to get into the next bit of the show here, and this is going to be Star Profile. So let's talk a little, yes. bit of, uh, a little bit of Jackman and Gyllenhaal. So I think we can both agree. So two of our favorites. Absolutely. I mean, it's. I really love what both these guys have done over the la- or over their entire careers, especially for me and my my view of both of them, because they both went like up and down and up and down for me, and now they're just both like astronomically high on my list. Well, I think what's really interesting about that is so okay, so Gyllenhaal's thirty eight, mm-hmm. and he didn't really he didn't really start to be on most people's radars as a dramatic actor that we should care about. Actually, until a about he was 28 29 that's like when he did broke back he did broke back in 06 and he did zodiac in 07 but in both cases 
he's so like Ledger's the standout in that movie. Gyllenhaal's really good. Yeah, but yeah. he's not the one that when people watch that movie they like talked about. It mm-hmm. was like Ledger, and then the next year Zodiac, he's good in Zodiac, and Zodiac just kind of got forgotten. Yeah, he's good in Zodiac, but he also, he's sort of obnoxious. He's like, you don't really love him yet. Mm-hmm. It's like this period of his career that he really starts to break through. Because, like, Love and Other Drugs, 2010, that's, that's like, the transition. You know, Source Code, that's a sleeper hit. People really like that movie a lot. I actually liked Source Code. Me too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that movie. And then End of Watch is a solid movie, right? It's right around there. But then, like, Prisoners is 2013. Nightcrawler is 2015. I love Life. Um, yeah, life yeah. is really good. He like his career, you know, in the last five or six years, definitely. Can we just do life next week? We talk about it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're gonna, maybe we can do it. Uh, uh, yeah. I love life too. Yeah, yeah it was really good. so good. Um, yeah. And then like, cause I remember younger, it was like the things that you talked about with, with, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was like Donnie Darko. Yeah, right. And, uh, I mean, that was like the biggest one, right? Jarhead broke back. Oh, the day after tomorrow. So it was like, he was just kind of like a good looking, good enough dude. October sky. Yeah. He's the thing about Gyllenhaal is Bubble that he's. Boy. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about Gyllenhaal is he and his sister have been acting since they were little kids. Yeah. So that's the difference between him and Jackman is that Jackman's break as an actor where anybody even knew who he was didn't really actually come until he was about 30. Like that's right. He made like Swordfish. You know, he got cast as Wolverine around the time he was 30. So Jackman had, like was just becoming introduced to American audiences at the time that Gyllenhaal was starting to make the transition to the second half of his career. People forget like he was like in Prince of Persia and like he like did all these bad movies for a long did time. Did you hear that he's going to be a uh, Mysterio? Yeah, That's I did. That'd be sweet. Yeah, they people had also talked about him playing Batman in the Matt Reeves reboot. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. And then if you look, did you already do Jackman's movies or did mm-hmm. you just do Yeah, so if you look on Jackman's the other side of it, this is this is like his uh it's interesting because it's like he's getting more critical acclaim. Yeah. But it's like his movies are getting worse. Yeah, I and mean, I think I think if you this period of his career go back 6 years, you know, he hosts the Oscars a couple years before this. Uh, and he, Which would be so sweet if he did it now. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. And, like, but even if, if you think about just before this movie comes out, like, Les Mis hits in 2012. <clears throat> but let's go to 2011 for a second. It's like, well, Wolverine Origins was in 2009. Really bad. It's a bad movie. Yep. At that point, he had then, he had also just been in X-Men 3 and 06. Yep. Also bad. Yep. So, you know, at that point, we're already seven years past the good X-Men movie. So in the middle there, he's done like Van Helsing. He's those, done Scoop. He's done The Fountain. He's what's done. What's really like, interesting about all those movies that you're talking about though is that those are all literally banking off of his stardom though. Yeah. You know, even though they're not good, it's just like put Hugh Jackman in a movie, it'll make money. Yeah. Australia. <clears throat> I mean, like movies yeah. that people don't really care about. He got a lot of bad roles. The Prestige is the one in the middle there. Yeah. That's a great movie. Is that twelve? Oh six. Oh. Oh shit. It's, it's right in the middle. It's like right in the heart of it. And it's he does the fountain, I think, in 04, which I like. I like the fountain. But most um, people don't. It's, yeah. Most people don't even know it. But the prestige is is phenomenal. But it's nothing like you're really more blown away by Bale in that movie, I think. And just the movie. And just I the think movie. It's just yeah, the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's, you're kinda like, oh, like this whole thing was great. Looking back on it, you can see the hallmarks of the great Jackman performances that came later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really this phase that he starts to stand out because, like, he's really good as Jean Valjean. Um, <laughs> I love him. Two, four, six, two. Four. <laughs> <laughs> My you name is Jean Valjean. Um, I love him. <laughs> 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 uh, 
we just perform that? <laughs> we should. Shit? I, mean, I think we should. Uh, so I love, I love that like you have now become a fan of Les Mis. which is so funny because like the night we were watching it, <laughs> I, you were like, ah, we need to turn it off. I'm going to bed. I was like, dude, we're halfway through. You're like, trust me, this is only the good part. I was like, I want to watch this. You're like, no, you need to go home. I'm going to bed. Yes. Uh, turns out Eddie Redmayne's in that movie somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> only the second half. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, Helena Bonham Carter. Only the second. Only half. the second half. Don't care about any. I've never watched any of them. <laughs> Um, if I get like a Schmodown question about that movie and you don't know, yeah. you know, <laughs> I won't have any idea. <laughs> if you get a Schmodown question one day that just is the five point musical question and it's what is his number, you that will be your greatest moment ever, ever, even over having kids, getting married. <laughs> <laughs> if I can sing it, yeah, well, which you will. One time, Bibiani got what did Jean Valjean get arrested for stealing? Oh, and you would have sang that too. Plus, <laughs> no, he sings it, he does. Bibiani goes, of course. Bread, uh, <laughs> um, but it's not as good as, as the prisoner number. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so Les Mis, twenty twelve, movie forty three was that weird like ensemble thing. It's funny, the Wolverine in twenty thirteen. That's the that's the first mangled Wolverine, and like I still never seen that movie. I can't remember. There's there's so many weird iterations of it now. I get them all mixed up. He, that's the one where he goes to Japan. And yeah, okay, he, that one. That one's bad too. Yeah, people people think it's better it, than it is better than Origins, but it's nothing compared to Logan. I know who you are, Gambit? Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> the one. You are Gambit? Um, yeah, and and so like honestly, for me with Jackman in 2013, I didn't really know what to expect out of him in the rest of his career. I kind of felt like X Men was done, and I just didn't really care about him. I feel like it's the biggest year of his career, 2017 ever. Greatest Showman was such a hit, and Logan was such a loved movie. Yeah, it's got. I mean, it's got to be right. Like those those two movies were so big. Because um, the other movies that he does between thirteen and now are not. There's like there's really not other movies in there that are like super like that won me over. Well, his five big. I mean, I think I tweeted about this a little while back, but his five big roles are like The Prestige, Les Mis, Logan, mm-hmm. now Greatest Showman, which I love. You know, maybe X2, The Fountain, and, like, I don't know. Maybe, are we forgetting anything important? Right, so here we go. So, literally from Prisoners, he does Days of Future Past, which doesn't count, because he doesn't know whatever. Let's see, that's not really in there. Me, Earl, and Dying Girl is a voice, not really in there. Chappie, which I actually kind of like Chappie. He plays a bad guy in there. It's kind of a weird movie, though. Pan, Pan, I didn't see. Eddie and the Eagle, I liked, and he's good in it, but it's it's really more about Edgerton. Yeah. and then he does Logan, Greatest Showman, and, you know, here we are now. So it, it is really interesting. Like, Hugh Jackman has not done a whole lot of things that I'm, like, crazy about, but I love him. Yeah. I mean, I think he's the greatest living entertainer. He just doesn't have a lot of just have a lot of great roles. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's Jackman and Gyllenhaal. So we want to get into a game that we are going to play here on the show today. Yeah. This is the, uh, the top ten figures of AMA. And you guys can play along with us. We've gotten a list of about 17 people written down here. And if you guys want, write down right now all the people that you think might be on the list. And then we're going to break it down probably to 10 people. Yeah. We're going to try to. We're going to try to. So here's the deal. So actors, actresses, directors. So first precursor, yes, we're aware of the fact that it's going to be a lot of men. Yeah, Unfortunately, we... the, the kind of movies that we've covered on the show, uh, our preferences, the stuff that we've watched a lot of, it's a lot of dudes. Yep. So we're going to list all of the people here that we immediately came up with. If you... In the live chat, if you can think of one we don't name, throw it out. We'll add it to the list. We're going to try to whittle it down. So here's the list as it stands now. Tom Hardy, Tom Cruise, Denzel Washington, Michael Fassbender, Tony Scott, Brennan Gleeson, Emily Blunt, Bill Paxton, um, Josh Brolin, uh, Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, Chris Nolan, David Fincher, Nick Cage, Keanu Reeves, the movie The Other Guys, uh, (laughs) Hugh Jackman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Travolta, Brian Cox, 
Charlize Theron. Uh, what else were we forgetting? Brolin. I said him. Yeah. Oh, you said him. Yeah, we 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 skipped the Avengers guys because Scott, you got. I think you have everything that I have written down here: Fastbender, Paxton, Gleason, Brolin, Keanu. Keanu. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So those. I think that's our list, guys. There's about uh, about seventeen to twenty there. Um, so let's do the hundred percent we know is are going to be on there. So Cruz is hundred percent on there. Denzel. Right? He's Cruz is number one. He's got to be. Well, let's 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 not put okay. the. Okay, right. he's, we'll, de- he's definitely number one. <laughs> Just if you guys just want to watch the trailer for follow up while we do this, you can do that too. I watched it several times this weekend. <laughs> did oh, you watch the Halo Jump thing? Oh, did you tag? Oh, me yeah, in I'm it? the one that tagged you. One of our fans <laughs> tagged us in it. He. It's like what? He did like 150 jumps out of an airplane for this shot. Yeah, and he's like, just for one shot for a plane. He's like, we would jump like three times a day. You only have five minutes to shoot at sundown. Like it's a whole process. He's got to breathe pure oxygen for 30 minutes on the ground, or else he's gonna die. Like so absurd. He's the greatest. The greatest. And then like Henry Cavill's sitting there, just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> we get paid millions of dollars to not do that. To not do that. <laughs> um, Damon and Affleck are both not included, right there. Damon and Affleck are both. Oh, Butler. We love Jerry we B. We love Jerry B. How did we not put him on? Thank you so much, Brett Jones, for bringing it in. Uh, other people that things have said, or other ones, Hugo Weaving, we love him, probably not going to make the list. Ford, we love him, probably not going to make the list, but we can put him on there. Sean Bean? Uh, Sean Bean is not on there. Uh, Gerard Butler, Gibson, Hardy, Benicio, Statham. We haven't even done a Statham movie. Uh, okay, so we got Cruz, we got Denzel. We 100% have to put Jerry B, right? Jerry B is a top 10, I think. Jerry yeah. B is definitely a top 10, as is Tony Scott. I think, yeah, right? We, like, really we, love T. We've Scott. We've covered five of his movies More on the show. Six, seven or eight, seven, I think. Yeah, like all, we covered all of his All five movies. of the Denzel movies, plus Top Gun, plus... Uh, <laughs> Mag- no, that was Fuqua. Um... <laughs> There's like at least at least one or two more Tony Scott movies we've covered. I'm sure of it. I love that someone said Tavington. That's not a real person. He's not a real human being. <laughs> what the hell were the other Tony Scott movies we covered? We never we covered Top Gun. We never covered uh, Last oh, that Boy Scout. Fast. I was like, getting antsy because that thing's like t- ten minutes fast. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So okay, guys Cruise, that we can Denzel, Jerry B, and Scott. So people we can take. Oh, we got to put Cage on the list, right? Easy. I got yeah. written down here. Cage is fire. Cage on. is a guarantee. All right, Guaranteed. so let's let's do some easy some easy eliminations. I think we both love Gleason, but we can agree he probably doesn't make a top ten. Yeah, I think you take out Gleason. I think you take out Fassbender and Hardy. Oof. I know, and those that's why I said it because you know that those are two of my favorites. I'm if gonna, we kept doing recast every week, yeah. then they would still be on the show. I'm, I'm going to respectfully leave them on the list for a second. Which one, Hardy, Hardy, and Fassbender? Both Maybe, of them. We'll, wow. we'll eliminate them in a second, probably. Okay. I think Gyllenhaal. We can agree we love him, but he's not going to be a top ten guy. Yeah, Gyllenhaal won't make the list. I think Jackman's going to be a top ten. I guy. think Brolin's off the list. Yeah. What about Nolan or Fincher? Uh, I don't think either of them make the list. Yeah, definitely not <clears throat> Fincher. Nolan be close. We've done like four of his movies now. We've done Dark Knight, Rises, Inception, Dunkirk, and Dunkirk. Yeah, but you know what? I'm. He's. It doesn't feel like it's because. I mean, obviously it's because because they're his movies and he wrote them. We're definitely gonna do Interstellar at some point. We will I do Interstellar. Like. Oh, man. I think you cut him though. Yeah, I think you cut him. He's not a consistent. I wish. I wish Ed Harris was in more movies. <laughs> oh yeah. So we could just use Hummel. Oh, that's a good one. Is General Hummel just? On the list, Brigadier Hum- uh, J- Francis X Hummel. Yeah, uh, his middle name is an X. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Ed Harris makes it. We do love yeah, him. Yeah, we do love him, but we don't talk about him that much. Travolta gets cut. Travolta definitely gets cut. Fincher's out. What about uh, Schwarzenegger? Oh God! Should I just do it real quick? Yeah, just do it. This captain minister does he always travel on the wrong side of the border? 
That feels like a lifetime ago. It does. So yeah. does Officer Murtaugh. Yeah. Don't be foolish. Busey. Abuse. <laughs> uh, Swayze's a great one, but I don't think he makes it Marissa either. Marissa just suggested Sly. I mean, I love Sly. Yeah, same. Big fan. Big I love fan Sly. of Sly. We've only done one of his movies, Cliffhanger, uh, oh, Rocky. Demo Man. We've done First Blood. Four. Rocky Four. We've done four of his movies. Yeah. Five. Cliffhanger, Demo, Two Rambos. And Rocky. And Rocky Four. Yeah. So five of his movies. Yeah, that's a good one. I, it's just so it's it's definitely preferential because you and I just don't look at him like that. Yeah, he's like a hero, an all time hero for but, sure. And you, I mean, you met him a yeah. handful of times. You yeah. love the dude, but it's just for our show specifically, no. But you know who does? One hundred percent, Emily Blunt. Yeah, we've talked about her endlessly. Oh, and we always will, especially after doing the quiet the quiet place the other day. Like, yeah, God, that movie was so good. Uh, Keanu, what, I mean, we've done Point Break, we've done The Matrix, I think we've done John Wick, we've done John Wick Two. He's pretty excellent. Let's leave him for a second. Okay, okay. Uh, Crow? Gosling? I mean, you know how I feel about Crow. Sweaty Crow? I feel only like... Sweaty Fat Crow makes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only Sweaty Fat. I mean, look, he is amazing in the other guys, and he's he's Maximus. Yeah. How do you not put him on the list? I mean, the nice guys. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, again, I'm going to leave him know, for a I second. Know. How about Brian Cox? How do you not put Cox? He... I think we take out Brian Cox, but you 100% put in Paxton. Cox and Charlize, to me, both feel like they're honorable mentions. Yeah, like they're the, they're the honorable mentions. Like, I don't think Charlize makes it just barely, but I think she's got to be an honorable mention. So let's, uh, I'm going to circle Cox and Charlize as honorable mentions. Okay. I think Arnie makes it. I think Arnie makes it. Cage makes it. How about the movie The Other Guys? <laughs> what about Cage? Oh, yeah. he's already on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cage for sure. Um, the Other Guys. The movie <laughs> The Other Guys. Probably not. Probably not. It's brutal. No. Brutal. Uh, I've pa- got seven of ten right now. Paxton, Keanu, Jackman, Gosling, Cage. Okay, so I got I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen left. Alicia Vikander. God, if she didn't do Tomb Raider, man, if she didn't do Tomb Raider, you she would be with on the wrong list. family. You messed with the wrong family. Uh, yeah, she doesn't quite make it for me. All right, you know, I'm going to cut Fastbender. Okay. I, I think we cut Hardy. Oh, so I brutal. Know it seems wrong. The movie Warrior? Does that, does that not make it? Oh, God. <laughs> I think the movie Warrior's got to make the list. Right? Is there yeah, any it's, more it's, reference no. movie ever than that movie? No. And having Gavin and Anthony on it being our favorite episode of all time, the movie Warrior is on the list. Tom Hardy is not. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I can eliminate Hardy if we put the movie Warrior yeah, on the that, list. that seems fair. Um, How do we... Okay, so we don't have Keanu on the list. We don't have Gosling. We don't have Crow. We don't have Jackman. Still got 13 here. I must have miscounted. <laughs> no, okay, so so the, out of the four that I just said, so we have Cruz, Denzel, Jerry B, Tony Scott, Cage, Blunt, Arnie, Warrior. We're missing two. And out of those two, is it going to be Crow, Keanu, Paxton, Gosling, or Jackman? I cut Paxton. You cut Paxton? Yeah, he's, okay. he's, he's, he's a tight honorable mention. I feel like Keanu's got to be on the list. It's hard to imagine him not being on the list. He's just the coolest dude ever. What about Hayden Christensen's voice or Charlie Hunnam's voice? <laughs> when the kaijus attack San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> I will like never think of that word of that city the same ever again. <laughs> Kaiju uh, pilots became rock stars. Rock stars. Oh my god! Who do we put? Okay, so we so we got we got Crow and Gosling and Jackman are not on this list right now. And no, no, got, I, I, my list has has them all still. I, I would <laughs> I would cut my cuts here if I was going to be honest. I think you got to cut Crow or Gosling or both. I, I so Crow is Maximus for sure. Yeah, and he's fantastic in the. So nice who guys. fills the slot then? Well, so I have I have Warrior Schwarzenegger. 
Jerry oh. B. Oh, no, Jackman, Keanu, Cage, Gosling, Crow, Blunt, Tony Scott, Denzel, and Cruz. That's my 12 right now. So you have Jackman on the list, and I don't. I don't know how Jackman's not on, Crow the list. Is on, not on the list. I would I'd take Jackman over Crow or Gosling. Maybe Gosling because you've had a man crush on him since day one. I love Ryan Gosling. And the only great thing... Actually, Crow was in Man of Steel. Did we do Drive? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah Gosling. Sick. Super sweet. <laughs> I cut Crow. Okay, we cut Crow and put Gosling on. But then there's still 11. Still one more. Uh, so that means... <laughs> do, you, do you cut Go- uh, Jackman? No. <laughs> there's it's no my, way. It's my birthday. <laughs> there's no He's the inspiration for the episode. There's no way you cut Jackman. So there's 11 right now. And of those, okay, so here's the 11 that we're down to, guys. And I know that you're in the chat. I'm reading everything you guys are writing. Uh, are they enjoying this? They're very much enjoying this. There's 11. I'm going to read them off right now. Who do we cut? Cruz, Denzel, Jerry B., Tony Scott, Cage, Emily Blunt, Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Movie Warrior, Keanu Reeves, Hugh Jackman, or Ryan Gosling. That's the 11. Who do you cut? I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that we cut Gosling. I take Jack whenever Gosling because as much as I love Gosling, <laughs> a lot of Gosling's best moments haven't been covered on the show. We didn't cover La La Land on the show. No, come on. We didn't Drive cover is crazy, amazing. Blade Runner 2049 is amazing. He's great, but have you seen the Nice Guys? <laughs> oh my God! Fine. Fine, we cut Gosling. It was him or Cage. God damn it. <laughs> All right. No. All right, so here's so we're now we're gonna organize the ten. Uh, All right, so are we really gonna put these in order? Right? I just don't see how we're gonna be able to do that in fifteen minutes. I think we're gonna be able to do it in three minutes. <laughs> I think uh Cruz is clearly one. Yeah, right? Cruz is one, Denzel's two. I'm not hundred percent on that. I come on. All right, all right. Okay, yeah. okay. Denzel is number two. You're right. Um, <laughs> thank you. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, is number three. Is number three. From now on. Oh, love jacket. <laughs> we are doing the greatest showman. What next movie week. are we talking about today? Yeah, we're talking about prisoners. Is number three gonna be Tony Scott? Is that right? He's got to be the most referenced. It's or either, the movie it's either Tony Scott or Warrior. Yeah, I think yeah, Warriors three. So then I think if Warriors three, yeah. then Tony Scott is four. Yeah, and I think. That Jerry B is five. Then he's been referenced ahead of Cage. Yeah, I think ahead of Cage at this. I mean, he, we're Cage. on a first name basis with Jerry B. <laughs> Cage is really flailed. Yeah, I mean, we haven't covered a good Cage movie since we started the show. <laughs> there hasn't been a good Cage movie since 1977. <laughs> I'll, I'll put I'll put Cage on at number six though. I feel like he still gets the he still gets the legacy vote. Okay, right? Cage at six and, behind Jerry B. And so then Arnie goes Arnie goes seven. What about Emily? I feel like we talk about her a lot on the show. Yeah, I love Emily Blunt. Maybe so she then goes maybe eight. go Arnie then Emily. Yep, Arnie, Arnie then Blunt Emily. So then it's Jackman and Keanu are the last two, and I think I think we all know that Jackman is nine. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll put Jackman ten. We can go Keanu. Yeah, nine. I think we do Jackman ten. All right, so so then our top ten figures of action movie anatomy to this point. Somebody wants to put this in the Facebook group. Be my guest because this is, seems like an important moment. Look, we know Roy is not a real person. Okay, <laughs> Tom Cruise, Denzel Washington, the movie warrior, Tony Scott, Gerard Butler, Jerry B. Nick Cage, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Emily Blunt, Keanu Reeves, and Hugh Jackman. It's a sweet list. That is a really good list. It's a sweet I'm, list. I'm very happy we took the time to break yeah. that down on air. Yeah. It was very fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, feel, I feel very good about that. That was yeah. tough. That was very <laughs> tough. So hard to do. All right, so guys, now we're going to move on to the uh, the next bit of the show. This is going to be uh, the production stuff, the directors, writers. We'll be quick about this. We actually covered Denis Villeneuve just Denis. a couple weeks ago. That's how he says his name. 
Yeah, it's very hard to say his name and spell it. If you watch a if you watch a uh, thing of him saying it, he'll be like, "My name is Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. I'm the director of the movie Prisoners." And the Sicario. Yeah, and Sicario. What? What was that? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> um, yeah. So Denis, if you guys don't know, I mean, he's he's you know he's a heavy hitter in the business. The next big thing that he's got coming out is uh, Dune, right? Is Dune, which is really exciting for me because um, <clears throat> I was a little skeptical on how good Blade Runner was going to be, yeah. and I thought it was beyond incredible and yeah. it was a movie that i mean blade runner is one of those those things that in pop culture is referenced so much and yep. it has this massive uh, cult falling behind it and he hit it out of the ballpark so i think with denis he can do no wrong and he's not directing sicario 2 no which is a bummer um but he directed the first one he directed prisoners arrivals is a lot of big i've watched movie like three times I'm, in the last two months i'm excited for um for soldado uh, sicario 2 like I heard Bill Simmons say this the other day, and he was like, "It feels like the way that they're advertising Sicario two, it's gone full John Wick." He's like, "I think we're gonna get like a Sicario movie every two years now." <laughs> He's like, "I think it's just gonna be like an action franchise or like a covert mission in Colombia." Yeah, I know. Like, I was talking to my roommate this morning about. Uh, He's like, "Any movies you're looking forward to coming out this year?" And it was actually interesting because I was like, "It's weird. All the biggest movies kind of come out already." Yeah, the ones that I'm looking forward to. But I was like, "Sicario 2. He's like, "Sicario 2. Yeah. He's like, "I love Sicario. They're making a second one." I was like, "I know. Completely. No reason for it. Doesn't make any sense. First movie was completely finished, wrapped up with a bow on it." I've heard very mediocre stuff about both Ocean's Eight and Fallen Kingdom, which I'm bummed about. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, the Fallen Kingdom. I thought was yeah, a piece all, of shit. Yeah. Um, but is, uh, yeah, but Denis. I mean, just for those of you, if you're if this is the first time you're watching or listening, the thing that's notable about this guy is his last few movies in order. His last movie was Blade Runner 2049. The movie before that was Arrival. The movie before that was Sicario. The movie before that was Prisoners. And the movie, the two movies before that was a movie called Enemy, which I've never seen, which is a Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah. And then a movie called Incendies, which is a cool movie Mm -hmm. uh, that I started watching just the other night. But he's definitely somebody who, you want to talk about who's like the current Nolan or Fincher type of guy? That's, it's him. Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just, new generation of directors even with that other generations of Finchers and Nolans um, out right now with like the Swarons and the you know yeah. the Denise and the Sheridan so it's a really exciting time uh, for, for film um, Aaron Guzikowski is a very interesting guy he's the guy that actually wrote this movie and he, he began writing it back in 2007 he finished it in 2009 um, that script won many awards one of them's on the blacklist you know that's a very very famous award here in, in Los Angeles for scripts that are unproduced but they are incredible it's a place where a lot of producers go and find their new works um he sold the script to alcon entertainment then he actually moved to la after that he he already i believe was married with kids and he didn't even live in los angeles but he wrote this script and he came here um when this movie was originally in uh development it got into what we call development hell in hollywood and it had various different directors including including brian singer various different leads including christian bale and leonardo dicaprio um, they both signed on and dropped out later. And the finally, the final film obviously ended up where it is. And uh, four years after the script was written, and it ended up with Jackman and Gyllenhaal. So, I mean, I don't think it could have gone much better. Um, the next thing that he did after writing Prisoners, oh, right, was this uh, the adaptation of this Icelandic film, uh, which I'm not even going to begin to try to say the name, but it ended up being Contraband here with Wahlberg. Oh, sure. Um, and Wahlberg was actually attached to Prisoners at one point as well. <clears throat> So even though the script was written after Prisoners, it came out a year before. That movie is not very widely loved. Contraband. I don't know much about it. Um, You're talking about the American one. Yeah, yeah. Baltasar Cormacor. Yeah, exactly. Your favorite director. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Guzikowski is now um, doing a uh, a TV series called The Red Road, I believe. Okay. And um, 
Yeah, yeah, which aired on Sundance TV in 2014. And he was also hired to write the reboot of The Wolfman in 2014, but now I believe that entire universe has been murdered. We'll see. But we'll yes, see. it doesn't seem, doesn't seem promising, not in the least bit. Um, so we will continue <clears throat> moving through here. Uh, that's kind of the whole team. We won't really yeah. get into producers today, but we will talk about Critical and Box Office. Yeah, so this is a Warner Brothers film. It only cost $46 million to make. It opened in September of 2013. It grossed 61 domestic and 61 foreign for a grand total of $122 million worldwide and it actually opened at number one at 20 million um must have had a really drastic drop off though if it was 20 million opening weekend and only made 60 no uh oh yeah wow crazy crazy right yeah i mean what's crazy about this to me is how is this movie considered to be so irrelevant when it was made for 46 made 122 yeah even if they spent 20 million on advertising it still doubled its money for sure for a drama it opened number one what the hell? Yeah, and then if you go into critical, even then, it's got an 8.1. It's number 211 out of 250 on the top 250, and it's got an 82 by all critics, 76 by top, and an 87 by audience. It's I, I, I don't know. When did Gone Baby Gone come out? 2008, I think. And when did Gone Girl come out? 2014. Maybe it was too much of just, like, these, like, kids dark missing psychological thriller with, like, leading of... men that are very good and, like, kids missing and, like, yeah. what's happening. Maybe that, because, like, I mean, I... It, it doesn't seem right because there's still years in between all of those movies, but I don't get it either. Yeah. Prisoners kind of got swept on the rug for me, too. It's weird. I mean, I remember this movie coming out. I didn't see it when it first came out. Same. I remember seeing it on the top 250 list and being like, really? And then watching it. And like this movie, this is one of the movies that I can think of that I look at that like a 211 out of top 250 <clears> and I'm like, I buy it. Yeah. I'm like way more so than like Wonder Woman in the top 250 or like 2049 or or Dunkirk or Interstellar. Like because so many movies just I mean, even Deadpool is like a number 80 something right now. Deadpool yeah, these, is. these movies, they get they get highly rated because people enjoy them. But like those don't feel legitimate to me. Whereas like this movie I watch and I'm like, this movie is beautiful. It's brilliant. It's well acted. It's well written. It's compelling. It's memorable. Yeah. It's rewatchable. It's like a, a hallmark movie in so many ways. Yeah, I think this. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not surprised. I think this movie is like kind of an anomaly in how irrelevant it is to most people. I know, and it's so weird. We don't even talk about like her husband and the fact that he got like with the preacher and being in a basement, and then yeah. like the weird guy with the maze is drawing the same thing that's on the husband's pendant. It's like there's so much weird, creepy shit that's all tied together in this movie. It is brilliant. That moment. Oh, there's like a lot of scenes we haven't even got to talk about. That like moment when he like takes the gun and kills himself in the interrogation oh, room. That scene is ins- which like okay. So what's the deal with that guy? He's just a crazy person. He's just a creep right well no i think he was i think he was abducted by them by them as a kid and got away got away and right was screwed up because of it and, and that's why he's like doing these weird thing with the mannequins yes. and it is weird that he ended up in their house though. yeah that was creepy totally and the snakes there's yeah, like the snakes a lot of shit about this movie it's creepy i mean that there's like a lot of scenes in this movie that we haven't like really gotten to touch on there's a there's one really cool thing that Vanity Fair does. I think it's Vanity Fair. They do these anatomy of a scene bits. You can and Villeneuve's done a couple of them where uh, they're like three or four minutes long, and it's a voiceover of him mm-hmm. basically narrating a scene. So in Blade Runner, he talks about the orange smoke scene. Mm. Um, in this movie, he talks about so cool. the scene where uh, Jackman uh, comes over from the liquor store and gets in the car with him. Um, and just sort of like the use that it's all told from Loki's point of view and they never like cut to Jackman in the store. Right. It's all like just from his, he just comes out and he comes back and he comes across and like. And I love that like just the brilliant subtle writing of just like 
Why why is this car honking? Go around. Go around. God damn it, my cover's blown. Yeah, like, right. Like, that was such a cool moment. Yeah, for sure. You know? I know, I know. And, like, yeah, the suspense and the intensity and then, like, the conversation. Like, one of my favorite things about it, we haven't gotten to talk about Loki very much at all, but um, people wanted to know about his, like, nervous eye tick because yeah. it's a very cool actor choice. It is. It's not a hard choice to make. You just... You just blink a lot. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, he's just like, that's something my character would do. But I like that they introduce early in the film. Maria Bella says to him, um, you know, I understand that you've never... Uh, you've closed every case you've ever been assigned, Officer Loki, and he's a young yeah. officer. Yeah, so like you know, Big deal. He's probably been on the on the job for a few years. He's been really <clears throat> good at it, and so there's that moment in the car. This is one of my favorite moments in the whole movie, where Jackman's yelling at him, and he says like the uh, the likelihood of finding a missing person after a week oh, yeah. is is like he says something. It's like it's it drops off by half, or he says some line, and Loki's like, "It hasn't been a week. It's, like, it's been a week. It hasn't been a fucking yeah. week. It's been it's day six. And he goes, "Day six, day six. And you're like, and you're like, you realize that in Loki's mind, he knows the stats. Yeah, he cares way more than you do. He's I poor, mean, well, maybe not more, but he's more aware of the numbers in such a different way. Yeah, and he's so panicked, and every day that the kid's missing, they're not coming back. He's so much more aware of it. So it's like you. It's such an innocuous line to drop, but the way that he reacts to the line of it being a week, so defensively... Yeah, he, it's like one of the few times you actually see him get upset. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jackman starts smashing the thing, and he's like, Fuck my daughter! God, God, God. And he's like... <laughs> and, and I also love, because there's a way that Loki responds to those situations where he's like, Hey. Every hey, time, yeah. Hey. He doesn't, like, raise his voice. Nope. He doesn't scream back. He doesn't grab him. Same thing he says in this. Here's what I need you to do for you me. Need, sir, I need you to calm down. Yeah. I need you to calm down. Yeah. Um... I also really love the line uh, when he goes into the, the place and Jacqueline's feigned sleeping. Yeah. Feigned passed out. And he's like, I'm not going to find two girls in here, am I? And he's like, fuck you. Yeah. I just like it because it's like he knows he has to say that as a cop. Yeah. But he also knows they're not there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a very interesting line. And, 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 and the fuck you from Jackman is almost like a, it's almost like a, he knows he's joking. Yeah. But it's like he knows he has to ask. I don't know. Just the writing and the acting in this is so brilliantly subtle. I, I love it. Every, yeah. every scene. I know. That moment, there's like, I love that line. I also love when in a car, he's like, you're, you know, because you attacked a man who's now missing. And he's like, I heard about that. What happened? I heard about that. What happened? He's like, I'm going to assume you're asking because you have no idea. I didn't think I'd get away with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then also the thing that's cool with the uh, with the blinking uh, was... Um, some in your cup? No, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Happy birthday. It's acid. Uh, <laughs> is it that you're going to have a weird day? Um, <laughs> is it the end when he's driving after he gets clipped in the in the head? Oh, yeah. By Leo, and he's like driving. It's funny. Such it's, a cool moment. It almost makes the blinking throughout the whole movie even more impactful because he's like the whole time he's like blinking. And yeah. then you see, they cut to his vision. It's like, maybe the dude actually can't see that well because it's just a blur. There's something about. So cool. There's also something about characters that. Uh, characters that like fall over in weird moments i've always noticed so like i don't know if you remember in the insider where there's that one moment where uh they're taking russell crowe's computer out of his house because he's like trying yeah and he was trying to run down the lawn he's He's like kind of fat yeah and he trips and falls over and like rolls down the hill yeah it's like the same when like jackman gets or uh gyllenhaal gets out of the car to get the girl and he slips yeah yeah. it's like you always wonder like are those moments intentional or do those happen and then you keep them yeah yeah you know, that's such a cool... Yeah, and the fact that he gets shot, but he's, like, carrying the girl. Everything Melissa about Melissa Leo is just, like... She's just pure evil. So evil, just, yeah. Like, just wants to go... Just kill her. Just t- to kill her. Yeah, and they and they also, like... You know, they do a good job of revealing a lot of the, uh, the whys that a lot of these characters have, right? Like, she says, uh, taking children is our war against God, right? Yeah. It's what makes parents lose their faith. Yeah, like people like you, you know, turn into, turn monsters. into monsters like you. Like yeah. that's, you know, that it literally illustrates her entire character. Yeah. That that's, that's all, all you need. need. 
Yeah. And then that's why it makes so much sense that her husband, who just disappears, yeah. went to a priest. Did the priest kill him? I didn't know. Is that what that is? I, I can't, I, I'm not sure, guys. If you're in the chat, let us know. Like, did, because he, the priest convinces him to come back there, but then does he kill himself in the basement or does the priest kill him? It's very interesting. He must, yeah, the priest must kill him. I think so. Or maybe yeah. he just allows him to kill himself down there and just keeps him locked. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, moving on here to favorite line, guys. There's a lot of really, really great lines in here. Um, I loved even just the opening scene, just because it's so, uh, with Gyllenhaal, yeah. the fortune cookie scene. He's yeah. like, oh, you're a monkey, so you must be very smart in this and this. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, then maybe you can ask your boss to lower my pedal. She goes, yeah. oh, my boss is a rooster. And then he looks, he's like, he's selfish, da-da-da, da-da-da. Yeah. And it's just like... Just weird. Yeah. Really weird, really subtle writing, but like... Lonely guy. Incredibly interesting. Lonely guy who's in a restaurant, just like talking. On Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Just being normal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's actually my favorite line, but that's a line that stuck out to me. What's yours? I think it's that line we mentioned earlier. You you, you uh, told us you could protect us from everything. I think that's probably my favorite line in the whole movie. Because it's just... There's just something about the way that that line hits when she says it that is like pretty, pretty like astounding to me. Um it's just so memorable. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's a Jarvie's favorite line too, and a lot of people think it's just impl- it's just implied. It's never explained exactly what happens between the priest and uh, yeah. her husband. It's like almost not that important to the story. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's just a lot there's of there's so many great lines um, throughout. I actually think that my favorite line is from Melissa Leo, and it's the first time that you really see her, and it's her and Gyllenhaal. Yeah. She's talking about how her husband left after they got in a fight, and she just says, she just goes, I always loved him like a father. I don't know why I like that line so much, but it was just like, your husband just left after... after however long you've been married, five years ago, yeah. just because you got in an argument, and then your only response is that you always loved him like a father. Yeah. It's just something about that, and I think it's because I know that she's the killer, obviously, now. Yeah. When I when I watched it this time around, I was just like, I just put this creepy-ass smile on my face. She's really creepy. Yeah, I, I also love, like, I love that moment. Um, I really, really enjoy when Hall has that moment where he's like, he has that conversation with his office sergeant where he's like, we're oh, just yeah. cops, man. We're just janitors. And you can tell he's just like, that's just not even close to good right. enough for me. Because he, he's so mad. He goes yeah, out there the, and next, smashes next, everything. Next time you, you change something, you tell me. Yeah. You, if you're going to change... Yeah. I don't know where everybody is all the time. I need to know where everybody is. I don't know where my people are. If, you just tell me. You you know? just, yeah, it's like, it, it, like blinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> like, so, it's so good. But I think what's great about that, and, and also because when he's doing it, there's a little bit of a feeling of like, this guy's your boss and you're yelling at him. Yeah. But you're like, he's not going to... The boss is not going to do anything, A, because he's never, ever not closed a case. Mm-hmm. So he's your best cop by far. And two, he knows that you're right. He knows that the case may have been complicated by the fact that your bullshit of not keeping your people on the job may have let somebody get away with, like, a crime or murder. And he's totally right. And you're this, like, you're yeah. this, like, you know, just complacent, fat who old cares? sergeant who doesn't care yeah. very much. And you can tell this kid cares. And you used to care. And you don't anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just a cool, it's, it's just great. Also, the entire scene with Leo and Jackman in the kitchen at the end, I just absolutely love. Yeah. It's so, but like, he's like, do, try anything. He's like, do that again. He's like, I'm going to bring your daughter in here and clean up your, bla- and your he, brains off the floor. He's like, ah. yeah. yeah. And she's, you know, yeah, I love that he scene. Goes, he almost goes full berserker. And she like, yeah, and she, uh, when she's, he, she's like, drink it. He's like, I'm not drinking that. She's like, drinking that's the ticket to your daughter. Your daughter. And he just picks it up he, immediately. Yeah. And then she doesn't even take him to her. Yeah. Which is so screwed. She's just the most evil. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, guys, moving along here, we do not have much time. We're about to run out here. Uh, AMA question was Jacob Leaf, and all he did. Uh, he asked who is the current who is the best currently working actor and currently working director without an Oscar. Uh, he says I think there's a strong case to be made for either Villeneuve, Gyllenhaal, or Jackman. Uh, Jacob Lee, thank you so much. That is why we did the segment that we did today on the show. Uh, Bateman, there's only three action movie categories. Yeah, three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous. Totally legitimate. Ridiculously legitimate. Um, I'm gonna not do the disservice of having to explain them for the case of this movie because this movie is obviously totally legitimate. Yeah, it's, it's 100 percent totally legit. There's, so if you're curious what those categories are, go watch an old episode. Yeah. there's 155 of them. <laughs> um, so uh, we we have one last thing left, and that's gonna be called the pitch. So actually, um, we were smart about this, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna be out of town all week next week. Um, so I won't be here Wednesday. So we recorded an episode about Ocean's Eleven. We did. Because Ocean's Eight is coming out. Yes, And it Ocean's Eleven is freaking sweet. Uh, yeah. And that's going to air next Wednesday. And if Ocean's Eight is fantastic and we love it, the following week we'll probably do Ocean's Eight. Yeah, but we do know that Ocean's Eleven is fantastic and we do love it. And it's so cool to go back and see all these guys so long ago in yeah. their careers. It's a fun episode. You guys are going to like it a lot. It's definitely like one of those movies. So watch Ocean's Eleven. Uh, you'll be able to get that one. And then we'll have a whole new schedule of... A, Patreon content, and B, movies to do this summer uh, that we'll reveal next week or week after next when we're all back here together on the show. Yep. Check out the Movie Trivia Schmodown live. You'll see our match. It airs Friday. I can't wait for you guys to watch it. Uh, we, we are super, super, super excited for yeah, that. Follow one. along with anything we're doing. You can follow me at Ben Bateman Media. You can follow me at Andrew Guy. You can follow the Popcorn Talk Network at the Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, and as always, Marissa Serafini, thank you so much for running the show for us today. It's been thank a wonderful you, show. gentlemen. Yeah, all right. guys. All right. See you guys. Bye. Oh, forever. Because we didn't... From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.